Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to episode number 101 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my power in real life, with my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. What up, y'all? Welcome to the show. Yes, welcome in. And uh, we are going to start our year-end review in today's episode. So we're going to be covering the quarterbacks, and we figured we'd go ahead and throw on the tight ends as well, uh, since those are the two most shallow positions, at least in you know names we should really be talking about and bringing up. Um, so uh, we're going to get into that. Uh, but first, we are going to talk about the wild card weekend and there are some very exciting games one or two not as exciting um and uh then at the end of the episode we will give our picks for this upcoming divisional round so uh without further ado um i guess we'll go in the order of they have as they happen and nate i'll let you give your thoughts first on the 49ers versus seahawks uh yep uh, it was a um... Fun game to watch in the first half, but then 49ers pulled away at the end. Um, Kind of predicted this. The 49ers are stronger on the lines of scrimmage, and they're just an all-out better team right now. So, um, yeah, it was a good performance all around by the offense. Uh, Brock Purdy had a big day in the box score. Uh, You know, in real life, it probably wasn't as good as that, but it was still a very solid day, and he got a lot of praise from both Shanahan and his teammates after the game. So, um, yeah, he's he's looking good. 49ers are looking good, and, uh, yeah, they're playing their best football right now. So good, good run for the Seahawks, but uh, yeah, this was about where their uh, season was going to end. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, just you know, the main storylines from this uh, th- this game, as far as fantasy goes, you know, Gino, I do think he's going to get re-signed. I think he's mm-hmm. you know likely going to be the the quarterback at least for the next year. Um, DK Metcalf just played an excellent game. I mean, not that it necessarily moves the needle too big, too full. Too far one way or the other, but I mean, definitely he just looked like a man amongst boys out there and maybe, you know, would would bump his stock a spot or two in my eyes. And then, uh, you know, obviously the Brock Purdy, Trey Lance situation is going to be an interesting one to monitor over the offseason. I'm sure it's one that Nate and I will fall on opposite sides on. So, uh, yeah, no doubt. But, with you know, all that being said, I still think Purdy you know, has, uh, you know, played a relatively good game. I mean, it was good enough to win by, you know, 19 point or 18 points. And, uh, you know, um, definitely carried by some of the stars on that offense, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, hats off to him to perform this well in the playoffs as a, you know, as a, not only a rookie, but the very last pick in the draft. So very impressive there and very fun storyline overall. Uh, we'll move on and we will talk about through gritted teeth. (laughs) <laughs> hey, I mean, it's it's still a fun story. It's just I don't think it's going to be a very long lasting story, but we will see. Okay. Um, first game that Nate and I picked oppositely, or I don't think that's a word, but picked the opposite teams uh, was the Jaguars and the Chargers. And I came really close when the Chargers were up 27 to zero. Uh, to text Nate and saying, oh, well, I'm up one, but I'm glad I did not because it did not turn out that way. Absolute insane. Uh, you know, I've only seen these kind of collapses from teams that I root for before. 
so it, it was really nice to uh, just kind of witness one as an innocent bystander. Um, although I was kind of rooting for the Chargers. Uh, but the Jaguars, they came back. Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the first half. Uh, managed to turn around and and have an absolute lights out second half. And, you know, Herbert, well, I don't think he did anything necessarily to lose the game. You know, they definitely kind of shelled up and, um, you know, the play calling wasn't necessarily, uh, you know, what you would like to see, especially for those last couple possessions. But at the same time, you would have liked Herbert to be able to take the game in his hands and stop that from happening. So, um, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, stock up for Lawrence. It's going to be an exciting game uh, coming up next week, but we will get into that later. Nate, I'll let you give your thoughts on any kind of interesting fantasy storylines or anything else uh, you have from this game. Uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, this was the, I took the underdog on this one and the Jaguars came through uh, for me. Third biggest comeback in playoff history. Uh, yeah, Lawrence looked rough in the first half, but came through in the second, as did the Jags defense. Um, after this, you know, we, we both thought Brandon Staley was going to get fired, but the Chargers are going to stick with them for another year. Um, but, uh, someone's head had to roll. So offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, uh, was fired, which I believe they only generated three points in the entire second half. So, uh, and they've been having issues kind of all season long, but, um, but yeah, it was probably time for him to go, but you, you can't have that big of a, you know, comeback loss and, you know, not expect someone to get fired. Yeah. I am glad they, they kept Staley. I think Staley gets a little bit of a bad rap because he kind of presents as a, like a nerdy guy. And I think a lot of people in, in football communities that kind of rubs them the wrong way, but I think he's a good coach. Um, I like what he's done to change uh, the league's aggressiveness on fourth down. And I'm glad they're giving him another year uh, to, to try to pull it together. Um, you know, one thing I will say, not, not fantasy related, but the call on this was freaking horrible. Like Tony Dungy, there was literally like a, I mean, in my opinion, you know, uh, but there was a, a, a huge comeback happening and he was like, oh, Trevor Lawrence with a touchdown to put him up by two. Like, it was just like, I I don't know. I felt like the emotion of the game was not properly conveyed on, on the on the call there, but that's just something I noticed. I I'll be know, honest, um, you know, great coach and all, but uh, I've never understood why they ever put him in the booth or on like television because I'll be honest, it's like, it's like a wet bag of sand it's just not in he's just it's just boring the whole time and like al michaels needs someone with a little bit of energy next to him so yeah it was uh it was just not worth listening to so yeah that, that was painful yeah i didn't they, they didn't it, it was such a good comeback they should have added some energy or at least reflected you know the game but uh yeah, yeah we needed romo on that call but, no uh, no but... we did not because i'm gonna be honest we'll get to this next game right now Tony Romo, this was the worst game he's ever called in the Bills win versus the Dolphins. Like, Twitter was roasting this man. He was doing nothing but sucking Josh Allen's dick the whole time. Like, he would just, like, there would be a throw that uh, Skylar Thompson would make and be like, Josh Allen makes that throw. No shit, you fucking idiot. Like, and he was just like, this is can't be how the uh, Bills season ends. Not like this, not like this. It's like, dude, like be a little less obvious about who you're rooting for in this. Like, it was just really painful, and the Twitter roasting was well deserved. So I hope Romo takes note and is a little unbiased in his next watch. Um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, but, uh, yeah, he was he was definitely a little little overboard there. But we, you know, we've spent enough time. He's Michael analyzing. Jordan out there. Like, uh, shut the, up. Yeah, uh, the, the the broadcasters. But no, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, 
the you know the the broad Mark Sanchez should have got a game. Maybe we could have got Sanchez. But anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah, thoughts on the actual game itself, Nate? Obviously, not as expected. Uh, almost a, a, a you know surprise victory from the Dolphins. Final score thirty four thirty one. Yeah, this was almost the upset of the weekend. Uh, and if the Dolphins have Tua, they win this game. I fully believe that. Um, it, uh, I mean, honestly, the Bills just don't look like they're playing that best football right now, and that includes Josh Allen, uh, who's had some turnover problems and that game included. So, uh, and you could argue that if the Dolphins and their coaches don't screw up that last drive, you know, they they may make a drive and at least put this game into overtime. So. Uh, but the Bills uh, squeak away by three points, and uh, yeah, much to everyone's surprise. Yeah, no, definitely. I I'm glad. I'm, I am actually very glad the Bills got through, just because I didn't want to have to watch Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. I uh, wanted you know, to see play, the chaos. Play the Chiefs or whoever it would be. But that being said, they gave us a much better game than anybody was expecting. Hats off to Mike. I know there was some mismanagement on the last you know, drive there. But at the same time, I mean, to, to keep them that close against one of the best teams in the league without, with your third string quarterback, that's not Brock Purdy. It's a much worse third string quarterback, uh, you know, hats off to him. And, uh, you know, I'm sure those crucial decisions are very like what, what play, what call you're playing and there's what play you're calling is very, very difficult uh in the moment in that last couple minutes you know so so i'll i'll cut him some slack there but but ultimately it, it was a big uh contributor to their loss so uh yeah we'll move on and talk about the vikings versus the giants this is another game we picked against each other and i mean to be fair i i wanted the giants to win and i said as much but i did pick the vikings they lost i should have figured as much the giants are just playing like a better team and daniel jones man i don't know if there's a quarterback at least and we'll get into it in the episode here but that has risen his stock more uh this year than than daniel jones it's it's a absolute um you know that game the the game he played week 18 have been some of the best i've ever seen uh uh daniel jones and just had off to Brian Dayball because he did this with Josh Allen and now it looks like he might be doing it again with Daniel Jones. So uh, hats off to them. The Vikings, uh, you know, it's pretty much just Justin Jefferson uh, at this point. You know, Dalvin Cook will make a big play or two throughout the game, but, um, you know, Kirk Cousins loses yet another big game. Um, and, um, yeah, that's about all, all I got to, to say about that game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I you know I did call this one. Uh, we both kind of had some idea. You said it was about 50-50. But, uh, yeah, I can't put too much of the game on Cousins' feet. Just, I mean, the dude completed you know, almost 80% of his passes, threw for 273 and two touchdowns. Um, didn't have any turnovers as far as – yeah, he didn't have any. So, yeah, it was pretty much him and, uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson, really. I mean, Justin Jefferson had – okay day but only 47 yards um hawkinson was the guy 10 receptions for 129 so um his stock for me is definitely risen i mean he's got to be in your top five possibly top three you know dynasty tight ends yeah i'd agree with that i don't know i'd have to sit here and think about it for top three but without a doubt top five i think he's there and uh, there might have been people that still had him there, even with the Lions, uh, you know, in, in this preseason. But I definitely think he'll be consensus uh, tight end four or five uh, right mm. there. I definitely agree with you. Um, yeah, uh, moving on, we will talk about another game that was closer than everybody expected. And that was the Bengals versus the Ravens, uh, 24 to 17. Uh, I'll let you give your thoughts first on this game. 
yeah, this game basically came down to one play, and that was Tyler Huntley reaching the football over the goal line only to fumble and have it returned for a touchdown the other way. Uh, that's a 14-point swing right there. That that pretty much was the game. Uh, if you saw afterwards, J.K. Dobbins was not a happy boy. Uh, he was pissed off in interviews saying, I want the ball. I'm tired of you know not getting it and all that kind of stuff. Said they should have never been in that position. Um, so, yeah, he, he was fuming pretty bad. Um, I'll be interested to see just what the future is for that organization, because especially with Lamar possibly not returning, it um, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, that will be one of the biggest storylines of the offseason, Lamar, without a doubt. Um, I, as a Falcons fan, am really, really holding out hope that maybe we'll get a shot at him uh, because it's kind of the only chance it looks like we're going to have uh, for an elite quarterback anytime soon. So uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm holding out hope. But that being said, uh, you know, I think the likelihood he tweeted out some stuff that was a little bit ambiguous, but seemed like he was saying he wanted to stay with the Ravens. Um, I don't I, That was the way I kind of interpreted it, but, uh, but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. As a selfish Falcons fan, I wouldn't mind him coming here. I would be nervous about paying him a fortune in a long-term contract for him possibly, you know, keep getting injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, the playmaking ability he brings, if he goes somewhere else, that's, you know, that's a massive swing. Um, you know, I hear the Falcons, but also I keep seeing the jets pop up as a name for them because they have, a ton of draft capital and uh, it'd be a good offense for him as well. Yeah. The jets will be looking for a quarterback somewhere uh, without a doubt. Uh, if it's not Lamar Jackson. So uh, yeah. And then the last game we have here to talk about is the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. This is the one game that we picked against each other and I pulled it out. I went with my Cowboys. Well, this is one of three only... games we picked against each other. Right. That's yeah. the only one that I won. Though. Oh, uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, so it's my favorite, but uh, yeah, no, it was an absolute shellacking from the Cowboys. This was the least competitive game. Um, you know, obviously Cowboys look great. Dak looked great. Um, you know, not much to say. I think they're going to be uh, some uh, heavyweight contenders here coming up in this uh, NFC divisional round. But um, the Buccaneers, that's the real storyline here. Is Tom Brady gone? I mean, I think I think he's gone for the for the Bucks at the very least. You know, mm -hmm. I think the Bucks are going to be another team. And they haven't really been one that's been on my radar too much as far as people I've been thinking, oh, this veteran quarterback, Derek Carr to the Bucks. You know, I haven't, mm -hmm. I don't think that's been talked about as much, but I think we're going to have to start talking about that because obviously yeah. they aren't going to have the draft pick to uh, pick anybody too exciting. I mean, maybe they would disagree if they did take somebody there, but uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Trask, it looks like the best bet they have behind Brady right now. And I don't think that's a very good bet to take. So uh, very big uh, off season storylines with the, with the Lamar situation and with the Tom Brady situation. Uh, and also just tack on, you know, Aaron Rodgers is in a similar situation there too. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that more as time progresses, but, but yeah, Cowboys taking out the Buccaneers uh, that, you know, that was surprising by the lack of competitiveness uh, from, from the Bucks. Uh, yeah, no, this one was, uh, like you said, the least competitive game, uh, Dak, I think had the best QB performance of the weekend in this one. Um, yeah, but I I'll disagree with you on what the biggest storyline was because it was definitely Brett Maher, uh, missing four PATs. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how I missed that. Dude, the reactions from the coaches, like Jerry, after the fourth one, Jerry Jones was like losing his shit up in the booth. It was, uh. 
man, I felt bad for the dude because I mean, it looked like he was almost in tears at kickoff because uh, he he his job was possibly on the line. So rough night in front of a major audience. So it, it'll be interesting uh, interesting to see uh, next weekend if uh, they trust him and how he performs because maybe he has the yips and he can't get rid of them. Yeah, luckily it didn't matter because they had the game firmly in hand for pretty much the entire game. But if that would have mattered, I do think his job would have been on the line. Or oh. like I think he would no longer be with the team at this point, uh, especially if it would have cost him the game. But even if it were just a close game and they only won by a couple of points or something, I think it would be a much uh yeah, much much worse. But to be honest, you know, Brett Meyer's been a very good kicker this year. Mm-hmm. And uh it's you know, I I think that if I am in, if I'm a coach or if I'm a, you know, GM in this situation, uh, you know, I do let them, let them have a bad week and, and write it out. I think other positions get a little bit better of a chance to do that than kickers. Um, so, you know, I think that's the right move, but if it costs them the playoff game, uh, it's gonna, we'll look back at this moment and say, uh, that they should have got rid of him. I'm sure. Yeah. If he had cost them that game, I think Dak might've been throwing hands. Cause, uh, I mean, Dak was fuming on the sidelines. <laughs> It's uh yeah, hopefully uh Mark can get it together for this next game because they're gonna need it. It's a titanic matchup uh, against the 49ers, and we'll predict the winner after we talk about these quarterbacks. Absolutely. So here we go. We're gonna get into the meat of the episode. That is our review of this. Was honestly a great uh, wild card weekend aside from so the last fun. game. Every game, even the ones we thought were going to be snooze fests, uh, were, were were competitive, good games, close throughout most of the game. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's what we love to see. Yeah, no, it was awesome. All right, let's get into do these quarterbacks, and we're gonna go, um, you know, based off of uh, their their fantasy points through the year. I'm sure we'll reference points per game. Uh, a couple of times uh, throughout the episode as well, but the way we are going through these rankings um, is going to be uh, total based finish. off of the total finished uh, fantasy points weeks one through seventeen. So, without further ado, um, you know we we're gonna do them. I said six at a time, but I honestly think to the to start out at least it's nice to go by three because I think these three quarterbacks kind of stood above the rest. And Patrick Mahomes finishing uh, first. Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts coming in at third and caveat Jalen Hurts was first in points per game, obviously played two less games than the other guys. So impressive that he was still able to finish third there. So um, yeah, obviously two of the guys, I think were pretty much consensus, the top two quarterbacks. I think that, you know, not too many surprises there, but definitely Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, a decent size riser, um, uh, you know, very exciting. I think next year I'm going to, feel like he's he's a top five quarterback especially in redraft dynasty it's a little more tricky but i still you know see him as a top seven quarterback and a huge dynasty asset moving forward so um, i'll let you give your thoughts or any stats you you'd like to pick out uh from from those three guys um and then uh go into the next three and uh, give your thoughts on those guys yeah it's kind of chalk at one and two um yeah mahomes the rightful qb1 in dynasty uh took the mantle this year uh, josh allen finishing second uh, jalen hurts is third i was actually surprised that his adp was a uh, qb6 uh coming into the year so um so yeah people were kind of on to especially after the aj brown um trade and all that kind of stuff so uh yeah but he still outperformed that outperformed uh the guys that were ahead of him and um 
yeah, he's he's going to be a riser even from six. Yeah, and and you know these three guys were really a, a huge advantage. Like you know the next guy coming in at four that Nate's going to get into uh, had you know about twenty points less than than Hertz, and and you know obviously Hertz played two less games, uh, but specifically Allen and and Mahomes because they played all sixteen games. Uh, you know they they really were just a tier above the rest of these guys, and and this really is kind of the. There's a separation in the points per game and everything else. Uh, there's they're the only guys that uh, finished with 24 more 24 or more points per game. At least they they got you that many games. Yep, yeah, no, they were awesome. Um, coming in at number four was Joe Burrow, who uh, you know came in right around this in ADP. Um, but uh, yeah, he he performed there. If you took him, he was a QB seven in ADP actually, so outperformed that. And, uh, yeah, he's just really consistent. I love the weapons he has and his future. Yeah, there's there's no reason to see it dimin- diminishing at all. Uh, Justin Fields comes in at number five, big-time riser for him. Um, yeah, he was ADP of QB 17, so outperformed that by 12 positions. So uh, one of the best bangs for your buck this year for sure. Um, yeah, good finish for him. His rushing ability definitely led to that good finish. Uh, Geno Smith did a little bit more of it with his arm and he comes in at, uh, QB six. Uh, yeah, this was like a big time riser. Uh, Geno Smith shocked the world with this kind of finish because we haven't seen anything like this before in his career. Uh, but like you said, I definitely think he's going to be re-signed there or at least franchise tag, but probably re-signed. Um, but he was QB 35 in ADP. And he finishes his QB six. So, yeah, that that has to be the uh, the biggest uh, value there at QB this year is Geno Smith. Yeah, he was drafted as Drew Locke's backup. That was mm-hmm. that was the, the the plan for Geno Smith, and definitely he outsurpassed that. So let's break this down just a little bit. Uh, Joe Burrow, you know, all, the top four guys, just like you said, they were drafted inside of the top six. They were, you know, pretty much. Uh, consensus loved there but justin fields and geno smith are both two guys that uh, nobody really expected to be in the top six that are both there so just casting forward a little bit you know you can talk about redraft but also in dynasty um you know how are you seeing these guys i know you've been previously uh very much out on justin fields um you know i'm sure he's done something to to change your mind but at the same time you know are you you willing to buy him in dynasty uh do you think he's a uh you know, trustworthy dynasty asset. And then also, you know, with Geno Smith being a little bit older, um, you know, maybe, you know, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Uh, I'm definitely not buying fields in dynasty just because the person who has him would want a fortune for him right now. And his real life performance was much lower, um, you know, much less impressive than his fantasy performance. So only averaging 149 yards per game in the passing department, um, still really suspect there lost eight games in a row to finish the season so yeah um, it looks like they're probably you know I, I would bet that they're going to stick with him and not draft a quarterback and um, you know try to surround him with some talent so I'm definitely going to be higher on him for redraft next year uh, maybe even QB1 there but uh, long term in dynasty I'd be trying to sell fields while he's uh, his values at a high point and Gino uh, Gino I'm fine with buying because I mean uh, right now, especially he's unsigned. There may be some people that are uneasy about that, but I'd try to scoop him up. But uh, it just depends on how much value you can get. But he's still, what is he, like 30, 31? Um, he's still got plenty 31. of years of good football yeah. left. So, 
Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, you know, he obviously played lights out this year. I mean, his completion percentage, I think, was best in the league. Uh, he had it mm -hmm. above 70%. So if he can continue to play like that, I mean, he gave you a little bit on the ground as well, 300 yards and a touchdown. I mean, nothing too crazy. But, yeah, obviously, Fields and Gino were, were two big surprises. I'd say Gino a little bit more than Fields, obviously, being drafted outside of the top 32 quarterbacks. So, <laughs> so very exciting for both of those guys. Um, moving on, I will get into Daniel Jones, obviously another big time riser, uh, you know, finished with 18.4 points per game. So very reliable. Uh, he had 3000 yards passing and also 700 yards rushing and seven rushing touchdowns. So, um, that's, that's pretty awesome. What's, what's even crazier is he only had 15 passing touchdowns. So, you know, that's less than Justin Fields had. So, uh, yeah, he 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 did a lot of it on the ground, but also you know he still had three thousand yards passing. Uh, he obviously had z both of both fields and Daniel Jones had zero options to throw to, probably the worst weapons of the league. So props to them for for overcoming that. Trevor Lawrence comes in at number eight, and uh, he definitely turned it on towards the end of the year. Was putting up some big numbers. I think they went on a six or seven game win streak. Uh, you know, I think it's seven, including the one that they just won uh, to end the year. So uh, that that definitely helped. He had almost 4,000 yards passing, uh, 24, uh, touchdowns, eight, uh, interceptions. So very good, uh, ratio there. And yeah, I mean, at this point, I think pretty much everyone would agree, uh, in dynasty, uh, he's, he's, you know, one of those top seven super sought after quarterbacks. Uh, and you know, there's arguments to be made, you know, Trevor Lawrence or Burrow, Trevor Lawrence or Justin or, or uh, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, I think our uh, some 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 really good uh, discussions we'll be having this offseason. And Kirk Pleasants coming in at quarterback nine, which is uh, pretty surprising. Uh, he had uh, 4,300 yards, 28 touchdowns. Uh, obviously, didn't give you too much on the ground, but yeah, I mean, um, he's he he. We me and Nate have both always thought in that tier of old guys like uh, Derek Carr and. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan was being drafted in that range. We, you know, we thought he was kind of the best guy to get there, but uh, I think this is his best finish ever. I believe at quarterback nine, uh, but uh, yeah, super exciting. I think all three of these guys in some way are a little bit surprising, but you know, maybe some people uh, would have seen the, the Trevor Lawrence uh, breakout coming, although ADP, I'm sure he was outside of the top 12 quarterbacks. Mm. Yeah. It's uh he was, ADP of QB 18. So, okay, uh, yeah. so yeah, he outplayed that position by 10. So really good on his part. Kirk Cousins, we, you know, if you listen to us, we told you before the season started, uh, he's pretty much always a value because people underrate him. And he normally finishes as either a high-end QB 2 or a low-end QB 1. And he did it again. So he was QB 11 last year and uh, QB 11 the year before that. So yeah, he's he's pretty consistently been a, a low end QB one these last several years. So um yeah, hop on board because he's got awesome weapons now. I'm with you. I agree. Uh yeah. So yeah, if that's all you got to say about it, uh, any of those guys, maybe Daniel Jones. Uh, just real quick, I think he's a big time dynasty riser. Mm -hmm. Do you think he'll be in your top twelve dynasty quarterbacks? I know you may maybe haven't sat there and, and done the rankings, but now yeah. that it's pretty pretty clear he's going to get the contract, um you know. Uh, I would project they're going to add some weapons. W Wondell Robinson will be there next year. Um, yeah, I'll have to break it down. It, it, if he's not, he'll just be outside of it. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'd honestly have to do my list because when you're factoring in ages and everything happening, all the coaching changes, it, uh, it's going to matter. Right. It's going to come down to, you know, him versus Russ, him versus some like older established guy that maybe you want to take the youth there if you trust that he will have a long-term career. So mm. yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's, there's very little people, maybe him and Gino that have uh, done more to uh, gain you value at the quarterback position uh, there. So, so, you know, very, very impressive on their parts, but yeah, if you want to get into the next tier guys here, I know one of them starts with a guy that uh, you are quite fond of and have been touting and told me would continue to have his job. And I didn't believe you. And it looks like you were right. Yes. I told you, I told everyone, uh, Jared Goff is a good quarterback. Uh, I don't know why people don't believe it, but hopefully they do now. Uh, he just needed a change of scenery. He has good weapons now with the Lions. They believe in him. Uh, he believes in them, and they just had their best season in a long time. So, uh, yeah, there's no reason to think they can't contend uh, for a playoff spot next year. Uh, finished the season as QB 10, had an ADP of QB 27. He was my preseason quarterback value, and I'm glad to see that come to fruition. So, yeah, good job, Jared Goff. Keep on slinging it. Uh, Tom Brady comes in at QB 11 because he will not die. Okay. And he will be back next year, rest assured. He didn't get divorced for no reason. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, Brady will be back. He's got nothing else to live for. And uh, Justin Herbert comes in at QB12. Uh, with uh, He had an ADP of QB3, so he's actually one of the bigger disappointments at quarterback this year. Yep. And yeah, I was about to say, well, he missed some games, but he actually didn't miss any games. He played all 16, but you know, we do know he had the, uh, the, the rib injuries and had some, uh, some injuries to his wide receiver core pretty much all season. But yeah, I'm really upset that Tom Brady snuck his way into that top 12 because uh, I'm sure if any of you recall in our bold predictions episode, my bold prediction was that Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady would fall outside of the top 12 quarterbacks. I feel like I was right in spirit, but at the same time, uh, you know, Brady's there at 11. So, so can't, can't, can't take the W there, but yeah. Uh, and, but he's, yeah no, I, and he's like 30 points ahead of Lamar, who was uh, the first QB two. So got to give it to the man. So I'm counting it up right now. Um, that's Jared Goff, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, and Justin Fields. Five of the top seven quarterbacks were guys drafted outside of the top 12. And actually, I think all of them, all of those guys were outside of the top 15 yep. uh, quarterbacks. So uh, so that's that's something to really keep our eyes on. Um, you know, I know we kind of mentioned that we might be drafting a little bit uh, more quarterback heavy, trying to get one of those standout guys. But always remember, there will be, you know, if you can find the the, the values, I'm sure, honestly, Jared Goff, maybe even Kirk cousins, they're not going to be in the top 12 quarterbacks next year. So, so just keep that in mind. And, and uh, they, they will be um, there. Obviously guys like Deshaun that will get a whole season and, and Kyler who was injured, they will be bumped above them. Um, but, but yeah, no, still very good values. And uh, yeah, I can say Jared Goff pretty much led me to a championship in our redraft league all year. He was my only reliable quarterback with Russell Wilson and uh, Dak Prescott is my other guy. So anyways, uh, yeah, very, very big surprises in the top 12 there. Um, and uh, with that, uh, why don't we flop around? I was given the first ana the, the analysis on the first group of guys, but uh, now that we're, we're getting into the quarterback twos here, I'll let you start us up. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, first guy up, like I said, first quarterback two is Lamar. Uh, as we've talked about, he had an injury riddled season and just, it, uh, what He wasn't giving you quite the same production when he was on the field. Uh, do you have his points per game up in front of you? 
Yes, I do. His points per game was 20.3. So still still very good. Um, that, that where, overall. Where, where would that put him? Yeah, overall that puts him at six, quarterback six. Okay, so still not bad, but you ex- definitely expected Lamar to be, you know, in the top five quarterbacks this year. He's uh, ADP of QB4, so definitely a disappointment, him finishing as the, the high in QB2, but um yeah and just a little bit uncertain where he's going to be next year what his weapons are going to be i think more than likely he'll be back with the ravens but it's definitely um been left open uh, aaron Rodgers comes in at qb 14 and uh yeah he definitely got it together after you know a little bit of a rough start actually a very rough start but uh yeah this um this guy's an mvp for a reason and i think with the young weapons that he has if he comes back to um the packers i think you know you can expect a better season from him next year or he might move on somewhere else but i don't think he's done playing football he kind of does this thing every year where he wants people to pay attention to him and uh bring the headlines in and keep people you know just kind of on the edge of their seats but i think uh, at the end of the day he'll be back next year playing football uh, and finally, wrapping up this group is Tua Takavaloa. And man, it's um, it's just been rough this year with all the concussion stuff. You know, you just it makes you nervous about not just this season, but, you know, valuing him in Dynasty. You know, there is a chance that he just can't shake this. And, you know, heaven forbid he has to retire early or something like that. So, um, yeah, just I hate to see it happen to him. You know, I did have some concerns about him lasting in the NFL, just being of smaller stature, getting beat up and stuff. But uh, hopefully he can shake that and come back strong next year because he was a QB 16 in ADP. So he actually outplayed that by one. And, um, you know, he, he was good while he was on the field there and really dynamic at times. So, um, yeah, uh, it sucks that he fell to 15. Yeah, and in, in points per game, he was quarterback 11. So a little bit higher, obviously, you know, the concussions, uh, it says he played 13 games, but also one of those games was the game where he, you know, get, got seized up on the field and got taken off in the first quarter. So, um, you know, he he really played 12 games. And what's impressive about that is he had 25 touchdowns uh, in only 12 games. So that's, you know, as much as uh, Trevor Lawrence had 24 and 16. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's definitely, uh, you know, as long as he can come back out there on the field, I, the, the Dolphins organization has came out and said, you know, he's our quarterback next year, we think. And with a full off season, obviously, you know, that's plenty of time and rest from, from these concussions. But, um, yeah, he is a little bit – I. You know, I will say on the bright side of things, the last guy that I can think about being this scared about concussions with was Brandon Cooks. And I feel like, you know, this year obviously kind of fell off, fell off a little bit because the Texans were a terrible organization. And, you well, know, he wanted to be traded. For a long time. <laughs> but, but for like the past three years, I've been afraid to draft, you know, Brandon Cooks because it's like, oh, if he gets one more concussion because he had a lot of concussions uh, for a couple of years. Uh, but he's still playing. He's still, you know, I'm sure he'll get traded to a team and 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 perform well this next year. So hopefully, uh, Tua will have the same outlook. Yeah, Lamar, um, definitely, you know, still still got it done while he was on the field. But you know, pretty much whether you're sitting out for free and uh, for free agency or because of the injury or a little bit of both, uh, you know, he didn't play at all at the end of the year. I'm not really gonna. I'm not fading Lamar Jackson very much. There might be one or two guys, somebody like. Trevor Lawrence that it becomes a tough decision and uh, that it wasn't before, but you know, I don't think that uh, his stock in my eyes has dropped too much. And uh, a rod, you know, one, one thing I'll point out, you know, he did finish quarterback 14 here, but every quarterback after 
Justin Herbert quarterback 12 besides Rodgers missed games. Mm-hmm. So Rodgers is the only one in this group that that played all 16. You know, Lamar Jackson, Tua, they both played 12 games. Um, you know, so just, you know, keep that in mind. He was healthy all year, but, you know, a 14.9 uh, core, uh, points per game, you know, wasn't, wasn't super impressive when he was out there, but I do agree if he's back next year, I think stock goes up a little bit. He'll be, you know, right there at the back end of the quarterback ones and high end quarterback twos for me, at least, um, moving on quarterback 16 is where we're at now. Uh, that was Derek Carr, which is surprise. Uh, this whole little tier is a little surprising. Maybe not one name, but uh, Derek Carr was quarterback sixteen. Russell Wilson was quarterback seventeen, thanks to a couple of late season, you know, extravaganzas. Mm-hmm. Looked a lot better at the end, but boy, if he wouldn't have had those, he would not be uh, quarterback seventeen. And then Kyler Murray, who obviously, um, you know, played ten full games, got injured in his eleventh game, uh, still was averaging uh, nineteen points a game. So you know, nothing wrong with them as far as fantasy goes. Uh, but he only had fourteen touchdowns, seven interceptions. Not a great ratio. Um, you know, did did a lot on the ground, but actually didn't have as many uh, ground touchdowns as he typically has. So. Just some things to keep keep your mind on. Um, you know, he um, you know, it's gonna be an interesting offseason for Kyler Murray and obviously with the with the surrounding situations. But but yeah, I'd say Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray finishing at 16, 17, 18. I think that's a surprise. Those are three guys that were pretty much drafted as, you know, maybe not Derek Carr, but uh, but Russell Wilson and definitely Kyler Murray were drafted as uh top top t- ten quarterbacks and uh they definitely did not turn out that way. So big time disappointments. And honestly, Derek Carr, um, he played 15 games, everything except for that last game uh, where or the last couple games where he sat mm-hmm. out. So, uh, you know, kind of was just there all year, but didn't really do anything uh, impressive or exciting. At this point, we've kind of reached that tier where guys either didn't do that much or they looked really good for a couple of games, but they didn't get a full season. So uh, that's, that's kind of where we're at at this point. So what's your thought on those three guys, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Carr ends up uh, this next season. Just it's the Raiders really did do him dirty at the end. there, just like, you know, basically like telling him to not be at, you know, not be at the facilities. He's excommunicated from the Raiders basically it was uh really weird to see especially for somebody who's honestly done a lot for them put a lot on the line for them and uh hopefully he goes to somewhere that um will appreciate him a little bit more because I think he is a good quarterback is he you know a top five quarterback or anything like that but no but he does have uh, some seasons where he he's very very impressive so um sucked for him but uh Russell Wilson I definitely think he's a guy that you can get in on for next year um I'm interested to see where his price ends up. You know, I think it's just going to climb throughout the offseason as people look into his last games and realize that, you know, he's on a, you know, he's on the upward trend and his, you know, final result doesn't paint the entire picture. Uh, Kyler Murray, one of the biggest busts of the season, honestly, you know, mostly due to injury, but ADP of QB5 and falls down here to QB18. Um, Definitely sucks for him as head coach that he's been paired with since he was a rookie. He's gone now. So it'll be interesting to see who they bring in. Um, and you know, how, I guess they're going to have to bring in someone that, you know, fits to Kyler or that hopefully does. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see who they're able to get in there. And, uh, that could tell a lot of the story for Kyler next year. Yeah, that's definitely a big storyline in the off season. And so is Russell Wilson. Um, you know, obviously what head coach mm-hmm. are they going to get in? Uh, are they going to add any weapons? I mean, the weapons wise, they seemed pretty stacked at the beginning of the year, but obviously injuries and, 
I mean, Cortland Sutton not being a thing at the end of the year, it almost just felt like all they had was Judy. So yeah, um, I think they need another wide receiver to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm sure they do. And of course, Javante Williams going down at the beginning of the year was was mm. no help to anyone. But, um, but yeah, so I've yeah, it's, uh, I guess uh, the next tier guys yep. is uh, is 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 your guys. So go ahead and get into them. Yep, my group here, uh, QB nineteen finish is uh, Marcus Mariota, who was a big time value. Ooh. You were able to get him. Uh, yeah, it wasn't amazing this year or anything, but hey, he had some good fantasy finishes. Definitely uh, did more with his legs than I thought he was uh, going to do this year. So, um, yeah, impressive to see for, you know, what you got from him. But he definitely left the team in a huff and uh, was not happy about getting benched for Desmond Ritter. Um, but uh, anyway, moving on, I don't think we can expect Mario to, to uh, repeat on this list next year. Let's let's just say that. Um, right. Finishing at number 12 or number 20 is Dak Prescott, who uh, definitely got it together after getting injured. Um, you know, it sucked to see him go down early in the season, but the Cowboys had strong and uh, yeah, CD lamb has emerged as a big time weapon for him. Um, and, you know, Michael Gallup finally at the end of the season starting to look like his old self after that injury. So, um, yep, he's got some good weapons. They have a fantastic defense. So it'll be interesting to see if they can uh, make a deeper uh, playoff run. Uh, and then Jacoby Brissett, who was a fantastic guy to bring in, if uh, especially if you had Deshaun Watson, uh, he, he came through for you. And sorry, my dog is literally dreaming and barking in his sleep right now. I was wondering <laughs> if this, somebody came in or something, but uh, that's funny. Yeah, um, yeah, this is an interesting tier of guys. Honestly, Brissett and Mariota, I don't think there's much we can carry over into next year. Dak Prescott, still a top 12 quarterback for me. He had 18.5 points per game. Um, so, you know, he had a couple of bad games, you know, when he after he came back from his injury. Um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, especially after last game and leading him as deep in the playoffs as uh as they are and could go, uh, I think, you know, he's, he's, he's secure and you should feel good about owning Dak uh, in, in dynasty and elsewhere. So um, yeah, the last little tier of guys that we'll, we'll, we'll touch on here. And then maybe we'll just grab a couple of guys uh, surprises outside of the top 24. Um, Obviously, you know, there's, there's 32 starting quarterbacks, but there's so many injuries and, and uh, it's quarterback switches and everything else that it's really muddied it up. And really it's, it goes all the way down to like quarterback 37 where, you know, it could be interesting. Um, but, uh, but these last couple guys, Andy Dalton, who surprisingly uh, held on to the saints starting job for most of the year, much to the saints fan chagrin. Um, I don't know that Jameis Winston would have been able to do much better, but had to be able to do at least a little bit better. <laughs> I would have to imagine. Um so that that's definitely a surpriser. I don't think there's much we need to carry over into next year. Davis Mills uh, finishing at quarterback 23. Uh, again, pretty sure he's going to get drafted over. Um, you know, props to him. He did probably as good as you could do in a situation like that. But, you know, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, not not something you can really ride home with. And Jimmy G stuck around at quarterback 24 there. It'll be interesting to see if he can – uh, finagle his way into a starting jobs maybe somewhere like the saints or the bucks will be somewhere where he could end up but uh but yeah that's uh that's that's an interesting tier of guys there honestly i don't think that's a very interesting 
uh, tier as far as next year goes. Uh, you know, Andy Dalton, Davis Mills, Jimmy G. Jimmy G could have some interest, but that's kind of the only one. Just a couple of guys I'll touch on. Uh, my top dog, Matt Ryan, quarterback 25. Ooh, boy. Uh, that that I really I'm sad because I almost made Justin Fields my top dog, and then I was like, no, that's too risky. I got to go with Matt Ryan, and that that was the worst decision I could have made. But, uh, but yeah, you know, um. You know, Matt Ryan definitely sucks to see him there. Mac Jones finishing at quarterback 27, uh, played most of the year despite the Bailey Zappi, uh, you know, incident games. Uh, and then, of course, Zach Wilson, uh, finishing at quarterback 33. Um, that is that that's very surprising there. So, yeah, if there's there's any other guys, um, you know, I would say, you know, Matt Stafford, he was having a rough time of it before he got injured, but obviously the injury uh, has a lot to do with him being down at quarterback 32. But anybody else you want to touch on before we move on to tight ends? And uh, I guess if you want to touch on any of the guys in my tier, which was Andy Dalton, Davis Mills, and Jimmy G. Uh, no, I mean, I am interested in Jimmy G just to, to see where he signs. I mean, he did perform well while he was uh, playing there, so not quite as good as Brock Purdy, surprisingly, but uh, he did play well. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone goes after him, even if it's just a, Hey, we want you to compete with this young guy uh, in camp and uh, we'll, we'll let the best man win. Um, Kenny Pickett coming in at 28. I thought he performed, you know, fairly admirably, um, especially kind of getting used to some new weapons there with George Pickens also being a rookie. They had a really good connection and um, yeah, I think Pickett did, you know, fairly well. And uh, you can probably look for him to be a, a QB two next year. Um, yeah, everything else, uh, not super impressive. Um, so yeah, uh, Mac Jones, I definitely think will have a better year next year. One, he was injured coming into the season or he wasn't preseason. Um, and then it looks like Bill O'Brien is probably going to be their offensive coordinator next year, which means they'll actually have an offensive coach as the offensive coordinator, which is just a shocking idea. I know, but, uh, that should help a lot. So, um, so yeah, that's about all I have to say on on the remaining QPs. Yeah, one thing to look out for for Mac Jones and the Patriots, Jacoby Myers is about to be a free agent. I don't, I don't know if he wants to stick around. Uh, maybe they'll pay him enough to incentivize him too. But I, I would bet that he's going to go off somewhere. So they have to bring in some targets for Mac Jones because, uh, yeah, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and. Uh, Thornton, the, and a whole bunch of tight ends. Don't forget. Yeah, and a whole <laughs> bunch of tight ends. Yeah, that's not uh that's that's not very quarterback friendly. So hopefully they can add some weapons as well as adding an actual offensive mind. But uh but yeah, no, I think we touched on uh, most of the guys, Carson Winston and, and Taylor Heineke. That was quite the situation. Uh the commanders will be another another team that I'm sure will be uh, a hotly uh very much in the quarterback market uh, and trying to get one of these veterans. The commanders are such a shithole. They kept the best quarterback on the bench until the very last game of the season. Sam Howell. I mean, come on, man. And there's rumors that Sam Howell's going to actually get the shot to be their starting quarterback next year. Now, of course, mm -hmm. if they get the shot at somebody that's, uh, you know, let's just say Lamar wanted to come to the command, you know, something like that. Obviously <laughs> that's, that's not going to stop him from doing it, but, uh, but it very well could turn out that your guy is one of the only two that has a, has a starting job. Well, Desmond Ritter, uh, unfortunately, uh, Lamar, please save us. Anyways, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about these tight ends. Nate, did you want to say something? 
I uh, know. I think more more guys on this class could uh, be starters at the beginning of next year than we thought. Honestly, I mean, Sam Howell has a shot. Desmond Ritter, um, much to my chagrin, uh, Kenny Pickett for sure, and then uh, Brock Purdy. You can just go ahead and pencil that one in. Well, Brock Purdy, and then uh, <laughs> you know Matt Corral. You know we can't forget about him. Like the Panthers I honestly do want to see what he has, man. He was. I do too. I, were both I do high too. On him. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I was, you know, we just named five teams. I'm sure three mm-hmm. of them are going to get veteran quarterbacks, but. Yep. For the ones that don't, they're going to have to give their young guys a shot. Just don't let it be the Falcons. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on. Let's get yeah. into uh, these tight ends. Um, so these are PPR rankings. Just a disclaimer there. Obviously, the we we realized if you don't do PPR, if you just do standard, which we would never do, but Taysom Hill is the is the tight end two at that point. <laughs> so we we definitely yeah, these are full PPR rankings. But um, but yeah, I started off with the first tier guys, Nate. So I will let you. Uh, do the first tier guys uh, to start out one, two, and three for the tight ends. Uh, yes, coming in at number one, shocker, Travis Kelsey. He does it again uh, for the umpteenth year in a row. He is by, by almost a hundred. Yeah, I mean by <laughs> far the fantasy tight end one. Um, so yeah, not not much more to say. He had no drop off uh, with Mahomes this year. No drop off due to age. He still looks as good as ever. And Mahomes looks better than ever. So, um, so yeah, probably on his way to an MVP. So their connection is still going strong. Um, TJ Hawkinson coming in at tight end two. A fantastic finish for him. He was ADP of tight end eight. Um, so if you got him, that's good value. Um, I thought, you know, going to the Vikings, it would be about the same as with the Lions. But uh, especially at the end there, it looks like it was a little bit of an uptick. So um, good for him. It should be, um, you know, good for him uh, next year as well in, in that offense. Uh, Mark Andrews comes in at QB3, struggled with some injuries, and, like, mainly Lamar Jackson's injuries hurt him a lot. So, uh, you know, wh- whether Lamar comes back next year or not might have a big effect on Mark Andrews just because he was the number one target for him. I still think he's going to be very fancy relevant without Lamar, no matter who's back there. He's a very talented player. Um, but he and Lamar had had a very strong connection. So um, he's uh, the one who probably has the most question marks going into next year. Yeah, I'd agree. If Lamar goes, I haven't even thought about Mark Andrews' value. I mean, he's still the best pass catcher they have. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully Bateman will be able to grow into something that makes that statement not true. But mm-hmm. um, as of right now, you know, I still think he'd be heavily featured. But yeah, if it's not Lamar, he's definitely going to take a hit. But yeah, these top three guys, I mean, I'd say... Hawkinson's the biggest surprise, but even still, you know, he wasn't too far outside. He was most people's, you know, top six tight ends, uh, but still definitely going to the Minnesota Vikings helped him a lot and uh, was big for him. Um, so, so yeah, uh, Kelsey, you know, just buy Kels. If you're a contender, uh, so I, I was bottom in the middle of the year. I traded the pick that ended up being the one eleven for Travis Kelsey. And I think I added like a fourth or something in there, but. I'm so happy I did that. Like I just tight end is just not a fun game to play. Yeah. It's going to maybe in a year or two, eventually the the bottom will fall out. But even when the bottom falls out, he's so far above everybody else that I think the bottle bottom falling out will still be him. Like, you know, a top three, top four tight end. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it'll be a gradual progression and, and, and we'll be able to see it coming. Uh, but um, yeah, especially if the chiefs again, don't add another, you know, star, you know, alpha type receiver, uh, Travis Kelsey easily going to be the tight end one in redraft for me. And honestly, you know, 
it's tough in dynasty at the, some point you got to win games. I mean, you know, if you're trying to win now, he's probably still dynasty tight end one, but, uh, but let's, uh, let's move on to the next tier of guys here. Uh, we got George Kittle, uh, who turned it on at the end of the year was looking very, very rough for a while, but honestly, Brock Purdy has helped George Kittle more than anything. Um, so, so that's, that's been nice to see. Uh, Evan Ingram come in at five, probably the tight end value of the year. I mean, the top four all were drafted pretty high. Evan Ingram was, you know, outside, everybody given up on Evan Ingram. And uh, I think that was not a wise decision. I mean, the man had uh, 69 catches, 739 yards, um, had uh, 11 catches over 20 yards, which is more than just about anybody besides Kittle and, and Kelsey. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about, uh, with it, with Evan Ingram and then Pat Fryermuth coming in at six, which I feel like, I, I guess he didn't play at the end of the year. He played 14 games, but like, I just feel like all year, nobody was talking about, there wasn't a lot of like hype or anything around Fryermuth, you know, and here he is at tight end six, which, you know, admittedly there's a big teardrop, like Ingram is tight end five. And then there's almost 25 points of a drop. Um, so, you know, uh, that's something there's something to be said about that, but also, you know, tight end six is nothing to to sneer at. And that's definitely a, he uh, gained value from where he was drafted for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Frymouth had another strong year. Um, George Kittle, like you said, he, he really turned it on with Brock Purdy there and they seem to have a really strong connection. And definitely the touchdowns have come a lot more Kittle's way now. Um, and yeah, Evan Ingram is the value at tight end this year, uh, ADP of tight end 20 finishes as tight end number five. So yeah, he, he absolutely wow. crushed it as far as value goes. Um, so yeah, even better than my Tyler Higby pick, but, uh, yeah, I can't say I blame too many people for not being like, you know, as we were both out, we, we were both out and we, we yeah. were out on him, you know, for several years Yeah, back when Micah was on the pod, he was, you know, fighting us for him and we were like, yeah. you can take him. But And, and for the last two years, it, it worked for us because, you know, the previous, you know, 2021, he was tight in 23 on the year. And the previous year before that, 2020, he was uh, tight in 15. So, um, yeah, this was absolutely a breakout year for him. He really got used correctly in that offense. And, uh, yeah, I, especially if the Jags re-sign him, um, you know, arrow is definitely pointing up. Uh, I do want to point out, though, he finished his tight end five, and he had less than half the points that Travis Kelsey did. Tight wow. end five had less than half the points of tight end one. Just keep that in mind. The elite tight ends are worth their weight in gold, especially Kelsey. Um, but, yeah, that's that's about all I have to say about the tight ends in your group. Uh good group uh, i'll go into the tight end seven uh, which was tyler higby uh, my guy there outperformed his position uh, by like nine points or nine spots he was an adp of tight end 16 so um, really good value he was banged up a little bit there but uh, was really strong at the start and then turned it on at the end some uh, so Taysom hill falls to uh, tight end eight uh, in ppr so big difference there uh, that's because he doesn't hardly catch passes because he's not really a tight end. Uh, he's more of a running back slash quarterback hybrid who occasionally gets uh, some some catches. But uh, whatever he is, he's uh, he still finishes tight end eight, still gets you points. And Dalton Schultz comes in at tight end nine on the year. So um, good performance. He pretty much, you know, paid off right about where you uh, drafted him. Uh, I don't have it written down. Let me check his ADP because uh, I remember it being somewhere in this area. 
Uh, do, 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 yeah, that's casting. He was a tight end six in ADP. So, you know, dropped three spots, but nothing too terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. And honestly, he really turned on at the end of the year. Um, I think the championship week, he was either tight end one or tight end two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, won some people some championships there. So, Dalton Schultz, honestly, I've never been. Uh, I think I liked Blake Jarwin and then he burned me that year and became the tight end. And I've never really liked him or considered him much but i do think going into next year if he, i believe he might be a free agent but if he stays with the uh cowboys um i'll be interested uh in that for sure uh tyler higby that was a great call on your part it definitely fizzled out towards the end of the year he pretty much became unstartable towards the end of the year but he was so dominant at the beginning of the year that he really probably won you some games uh, and if you know you were able to understand okay i need to not start him now um you know he he was uh probably a very valuable asset for, for when he was startable. So, so good call there. Um, and then Taysom Hill, yes, eight receptions on the year and his tight end eight uh, because of his 555 yards rushing and seven rushing touchdowns. So um, very interesting stats there uh, at tight end 10. We have Jawan Johnson. Um, and that is a name I didn't think would be on here. Um, you know, uh, 41 receptions, 487 yards and nine touchdowns. I'm sorry, not uh, seven touchdowns, which is still a great number, especially when you're catching 41 passes. So, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be some touchdown regression there. Uh, we'll see how much of the saints offense translates into next year, but, uh, definitely a big surprise there and, uh, and, uh, a name to keep an eye on Paul commit top dog tight end finishing inside of, uh, to the top 12, uh, tight ends uh he came on at the end of the year he was dropped by me and just about everybody else at the beginning of the year but uh you know towards the end of the year he became a lot more valuable and yeah i mean you know he didn't have a touchdown last year he had six this year uh 46 receptions 847 yards uh, i believe he was the top receiver on the bears offense um, so, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, he's definitely a name. I don't think he's ever going to necessarily be, a a George Kittle or Mark Andrews level player, but I do think he'll, he'll, you know, rise a little bit over the next year or two and, you know, tight end 11 this year, I think he'll probably be in eight, nine, seven, something like that next year. Uh, we'll see how much that offense changes. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard, uh, who actually in points per game, uh, finished do as tight end five so much better finished than tight end 12 uh but he got injured and was only able to play uh 10 full games so uh, dallas goddard definitely you know draft him high next year i'll put him right up there with the with the hawkinson kittle evan ingram you know mark andrews tier uh somewhere around there so uh definitely uh the most exciting name out of out of this list, but uh, Cole Komet, another name to keep an eye on, and honestly, Jawan Johnson is 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 pretty interesting to me as well. Yeah, yeah, got to keep an eye on all those guys. Um, yeah, Komet, he he did finish pretty strong. I will take umbrage with you saying Higby was not startable. He was tied in two in the semifinal week, sir. He had 30 points, which is more than your Cole Komet had the entire playoffs. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah get, get off my boy. Uh, but yeah, no, Komet, uh, he did have a really good run, especially in the middle part of the season. And he, you know, he was strong at the end as well. So, be interested, in, interested to see when they add more weapons, uh, if he can still demand a large portion of the target share. Uh, Dallas Goddard, I really don't have any concerns about him. He was fantastic while he was healthy. And uh, yeah, it should, should be a high end tight end next year as well. 
Well, I know there's one name that fell outside of the top 12 that we're going to need to to touch on a little bit. But uh, before we do that, are there any other names here? Um, David Njoku, that was a value tight end for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, kind of fizzled out at the end of the year. Only played 13 games, but he mm-hmm. did have you know, 9.8 points per game, which might not sound a lot, but would put him at the <laughs> tight end eight uh, in points per game on the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I do think in some respects, he definitely had some blow up games, but, uh, you know, it, it, when Deshaun came, it, it, you know, towards the end of the year, especially, it wasn't really, uh, vibing with, uh, Njoku there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's one name I'll throw out. Um, I don't know. Gerald Everett might be an old guy we still need to keep an eye on. He was, uh, tied in 13. Okay. Real quick, uh, without looking at the list any further, keep your eyes on me. Who do you think is the highest finishing rookie tight end this season? I think I saw it a second ago, but uh, K. Dotton. Oh uh, well, you're a cheater. And yeah, well, I didn't know you were gonna. I didn't know you were gonna ask that question. How am I a cheater? Uh, it's cheating. Should have had some uh, foresight. Uh, but here, here is. Oh, go ahead. Is there any other names here on this list uh, you wanted to mention? Um, yeah, just some guys who didn't quite make the cut. Um, you know, Gerald Everett uh, was just outside of this. He was tied in 13. Um, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, within one point of Dallas Goddard. So um, right there, a lot of these guys are really close there at the at the very end. Um, you know, the, there was not much to separate high and tight end twos from low and tight end ones this year. So um, if you had, you know, Everett, Conklin and Joku Knox, you know, you got about the same value as you did with, um, you know, Cole Komet or Jawan Johnson. So um yeah but uh but yeah so that's just one thing to know and as far as the rookies go yeah kate Otten was impressive um uh, chig okonkwo really impressed me you know fastest tight end he's you know, he was a playmaker for the titans when they didn't really have much going on on offense um definitely need to get more uh you know a little bit more ingenuitive on that side of the ball and uh, yeah isaiah likely uh really impressed me i'm it's his mur- his future is kind of murky with you know mark andrews being there and you know it, whether his quarterback's going to still be there or not but uh you know his playmaking ability cannot be denied so um likely is an interesting but um you know maybe frustrating fantasy tight end going forward for sure for sure one name we didn't mention that i do think is worth throwing out because in points per game he was the tight end 6 uh, but he finished 18 on the year due to injury is Zach Ertz. That was not a name, uh, definitely for the beginning of the year, not a name that I think he might've been my tight end bust. And uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was not happy. I mean, I was not, yeah, not looking good with that. Obviously the injury, uh, you know, made it so, I guess if you look at, uh, you know, his finish on the year, but at the same time when he was healthy, super valuable it's going to be interesting i don't know if he he hasn't said anything about retiring or coming back i don't know his contract situation you know i have a lot of shares of trey mcbride so i'm not sure that i want him to come back but if he does i mean he's probably going to be very underdrafted again so just just a name i thought was worth mentioning and of course the last name we do have to mention here at tight end 31 on the year uh, obviously only played 10 games in points per game uh Come on, come on, come on. Uh, he was, <laughs> he was uh, in the 20... Uh, no, okay. 17, 17. Ah. Um, so, it's still not great, but it is Kyle Pitts. It is our beloved Kyle Pitts. Uh, we've been standing him and, for several years. His Nate, targets were ass. His targets were terrible. 
Is that going to change? <laughs> hopefully so, because hopefully they bring in an actual quarterback. Like, dude, there's no way they're going into next year with just Desmond Ritter. Like, I think if they don't draft a guy to supplant him, they're at least going to bring in some, like, veteran competition, like a Jimmy G or maybe even... I mean, Jimmy Carter. G would start, in my opinion. I oh, mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I That's why... It, it veteran competition, would. I think of, is, like, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, that's the level that actually, like, has to compete with him, you know? But, like... Yeah, I don't know. It's rough, man. I, yeah, so look, you know, obviously we're still going to be high on pits. Uh, I don't know. I have it's 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 going to be tough to see where it shakes out for me. Um, look, if we got somebody like Lamar or something like that, like I'm confident putting pits, you know, right back up in the top three. Um, obviously in Dynasty, his age and his his skill keeps him in the top three for me, regardless. But you know, talking about redraft. If we had Lamar next year, he would be right there with the top three. Um, I, I think that's the best case scenario. And, you know, what happens in the offseason will, you know, whatever gradation of of that, you know, whatever we end up with, uh, you know, will affect my overall ranking. But I'm not out on him, uh, but we do need it to, you know, for this generational player to – and part of that's play calling, part of that's coaching, and part of that's, you know, the quarterback play. But uh, we, we need him to um, – to a start getting touchdowns uh, you know that's that's been a problem throughout he yeah, had two that history. was really the only problem last year i mean like he was a general player as far as statistics go last year one of only two rookie tight ends to ever have over a thousand yards so yeah um, he, you know he he was up to snuff last year this year is just a complete utter shit pile so um, yeah yeah and if evan ingram just taught us anything it's bet on the athleticism and the upside especially a tight end and uh Kyle Pitts has that in spades and he's 22 years old. Right. Right. I will say, you know, I mean, Brees Hall, I had a lot of shares of Brees Hall and his injury really hurt me. Same thing for Cooper cup, but outside of, I mean, and to be fair, Kyle Pitts got injured too, but when Kyle Pitts got injured, it was almost, Oh God, now I finally don't have to start decide whether <laughs> yeah, I can start somewhere I'm else. Free. But, but, uh, but Kyle Pitts probably banged me harder than any player. I, I drafted him in a lot of places, redrafted Dynasty. And, uh, yeah, it really sucked having an empty square for that with such a high draft pick. Um, but, but I'm going to forgive. I'm a, I'm a loving man and I'll, I choose to forgive. Yep. I will forgive him. He helped me a lot last year, but this year, uh, he absolutely booned me, especially in redraft. So, um, that one stung. That one stung. Uh, just before we end this segment, uh, you asked about Zach Ertz. He is signed through 2024 and he has an option for 2025. So he's around basically as much as he wants to be. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I haven't heard much about his recovery situation or anything, but I'm mm. sure, you know, at some point next year he will be back. So, yep. Um, well, all right. Yeah, that is uh that's the majority of our episode there. We are gonna make some uh playoff picks like we did last week. Last week, Nate beat me out two to one on the games that we uh picked differently from one another. Obviously, there's only four games this week, so um won't be as many opportunities to disagree, but um we will definitely track the ones where we do disagree. So we'll start out with the Bills versus the Bengals. So, Nate, I'll let you – oh, I'm sorry. That's not the first game. The first game is actually the Chiefs uh, versus the Jaguars. So, Nate, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is where your season ends, Jags. I'm sorry, but uh, there's a reason this is the most lopsided uh, odds of the weekend. And, yeah, the – the Jack season is going to end in Arrowhead because the Chiefs are going to take care of business there. 
You know, I remember last year, yeah, the Bengals coming into Arrowhead, yeah, us feeling pretty similarly. So I'm not counting the Jaguars out. Uh, that being said, I can't quite go as far as picking them, but um, I want to, and you know, maybe I should just for the fun of it. I definitely think the Chiefs are going to win, but I will put in my ticket for the Jaguars here just to just to have some spice in our life, and just so if I do win. It's victory for me, and if I lose, it's well. I said the Chiefs are going to win anyways, you know. So, so can't really. Yeah, can't no, really it's lose. almost like a bullshit move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. It's almost like you should uh, pick a side and stick to it, you fucking fence rider. No, nah, look. Here's what I'll say. I I think that uh, it'll be a really close game. Um, I do think the Chiefs are are a better team overall. Um, but you know. Their defenses are pretty similar. It's it's gonna be close. It's gonna be a close game. I mean, I I, I believe in it. But but uh, yeah, I'll 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 pick the Jags. Let's go with the Jags. Let's let's have some fun. Um. So the Me next too. game here, <laughs> the next game we have here. Uh, you know, you were good last week about picking underdogs, and it worked out for you. Uh, the only underdog I picked was the Cowboys, and that's the one that worked out for me. So uh, so so maybe maybe uh, some I think the Cowboys were the look. favorites. The Cowboys were favorite the, in that game. I think by the end of it, it was like one and a half points to the uh uh or or I might be or I I, I thought I heard that the that the Bucks were the were the were the favorites by the end of the game, but nah. but I could be wrong. Um but um but yeah, so let's uh the next game here we got are the Eagles at the Giants. Um I think this is another green. I mean, I think all of these games are gonna be good and close games. Um I do think the Eagles will pull it out. The only caveat is, is Jalen Hurts fully healthy? Um, obviously, he you know had some injury issues at the end of the season. He did come back and play, though not very well, in their last game. Um, so hopefully he looks like the Jalen Hurts uh, before the injury. And if that's the case, I think the Eagles probably cruise to a victory. But if not, it's going to be a very, very, very close game and, and one that – the Giants could pull out uh, the way that they're playing right now. And if Daniel Jones does pull this out, I mean, you know, the legacy is cemented. He he will be, you know, getting – I mean, he's probably going to get it no matter what happens in this game, but but definitely just the legend of Daniel Jones will be uh, born uh, if he can beat the Eagles uh, big-time favorites in this game. But I'm picking the Eagles. I can't pick the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to go chalk here and pick the Eagles as well. Um, I think the Giants will put up a good fight, but uh, the Eagles are just a, a more talented team. We found that out in the regular season. They've swamped them pretty good, and uh, I think it's going to be the same this time. Maybe not an absolute ass-whooping, but I think the Eagles are going to take this. Uh-oh. We're we're in agreement there. The next game um, is – which one? 49ers? Uh, no, the Bills-Bengals, at least uh, in the yeah. order that they're going to happen. Uh, this is This one's good. Uh, yeah, this one was, I don't know, probably the second toughest to pick for me, but, uh, I'm going with a Bengals win versus the bills. Um, the bills are the favored team, but they are not playing great football right now. And I think the Bengals kind of have that edge and I think they're going to take it. So, uh, that's my pick. We will be, and this is a true pick against each other here, picking against each other. I'm going with the bills. Uh, the bills were my AFC, uh, you know, pick to go to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, um, you know, I think this is going to be a really close game, but one thing that does make me swing a little bit more favorable to the bills is, uh, I think its name is Kappa, Alex Kappa, maybe, but a uh, big, one of the better, um, 
lineman for the Bengals was injured last week, and it doesn't look like he's going to be back. Um, that 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 offensive line had big problems. Lyle Collins, I th- I don't think uh, will be playing either. Um, the you know the offensive line had big problems in last year's playoffs, and uh, you know they were able to at least get to the playoffs with it. But uh, famously, they took nine sacks in the Tennessee Titans playoff game last year. They fixed their offensive line over the season. I mean, they they made some really good offseason moves. But that being said, they're kind of back to their you know ragtag crew. A lot of the same names and faces. I think only two of their linemen from the start of the year are still there. So um, I think the Bills' uh, defensive line, uh, despite Von Miller also not being there, so their 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 best pass rusher is also injured. Um, you know, uh, I think that uh, they'll be able to tee off a little bit more on Burr. And you saw, you know, you said that the Bills struggled last week, but the Bengals really did too. You saw the whole last sec- second half of that game. It was just quick passes and little, like they weren't really letting the plays develop. And I think a lot of that had to do with, with the offensive line struggles. So hopefully, uh, you know, they fix it enough to at least uh, make it a good game where we can get some, some Joe Burrow bombs. Uh, but I think it'll be a lot harder to do some of those against the Bills defense. Yeah, I, th- I just think the Bengals are going to win the turnover department, and Josh Allen is. I think if they do win the Bills, uh, they're they're he's going to have to clean that up because last week, I mean, it wasn't just the two bigs. He had three fumbles. Uh, luckily, only one of them was lost. But yeah, they they've got to clean that up, or else the Bengals, um, I think, are going to take this. So, which I predict that they will. We shall see. We shall see. And the last game we have here is the Cowboys versus the 49ers. I already know we're picking against each other here i'm going with the cowboys um yeah i think uh it's uh, i i think i just have wherever i live i just can't help it man i can't help but start to root for the team uh where i'm living and the cowboys are a really annoying team to root for because obviously they're like the most popular team and america's team but I like the players on this team. I like Dak Prescott. I like CD Lamb. I mean, um, you know, I respect uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I don't like watching him as much this season, but Tony Pollard, uh, you know, on on defense, Micah Parsons is literally one of the best defensive players I've ever watched. I mean, he's a lot of fun, and so, uh, so you know, I, I'm going to pick them. I think they're a more complete team, obviously. Uh, they have the experience uh, as far as quarterback. And, um, you know, I think they both have solid defenses, but I think the Dak will be able to counter the 49ers D a little bit better than, than Brock Purdy can counter uh, Mike Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and the Cowboys defense. Uh, well, you're right in that uh, we're picking on opposite sides of this because I'm picking the 49ers and I would prefer, like this was the toughest one for me, uh, if they were playing at Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys Stadium, I would say they would win. But, uh, man, I just think Kyle Shanahan at home is going to take it. And uh, I don't like saying that as a Rams fan, but I do like the 49ers have far and away the best defense in football. And I think they're also a little bit better along the offensive line as well. So and their weapons are better. So it's uh, basically can Dak you know, overcome all that versus Brock Purdy, um, which the way Purdy's playing right now, I don't, you know, I don't particularly see it happening. I think it's going to be really close. This one's going to come down to the wire, but I think overall uh, 49ers are the more talented, better team. Um, It's just a matter of if Brock Purdy, if he plays like he did last week, then I think the 49ers are probably taking this. Yeah. And, you know, 
even the weapons, I mean, I agree. Obviously, McCaffrey is what kind of puts it over the top. But if McCaffrey weren't like this otherworldly back, I would say they're pretty comparable as far as the weapons. Oh, on the team. no. Wait. Kittle is way better than Schultz. Debo is better than CD. And Ayuk is way I, better than Michael Gallup. Now, look, like, I way do better. agree. I do. I don't know if I agree. CD that Debo is better. I think Debo does more. Uh, is more versatile than CD, but I don't know if he's a better, you know, X receiver. Um, but that, but you know, that being said, it, 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 they're they're very evenly matched. And I agree, it is a really uh, tough matchup to choose. Um, I'm just going with the Cowboys uh, because I, I like them a little bit more, and because they were the one team that got me the win against you last week. So, uh, you know, not not gonna uh, go against what's working. And uh, yeah, it's going to be, this is probably the game I'm most excited about. Honestly, all four of these games, like, uh, you know, it's, obviously it's the playoffs. This happens every year, but just as a football fan, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, yeah, I agree. This is uh, the biggest matchup in my eyes as well. So yeah, a lot of eyes going to be on this one. This is, I, I think the winner of this is probably going to win the NFC. That's, that's, that's tough. Cause I think the Eagles are a strong guy. Uh... Uh, a strong bridge to to get through if they if they do get get through the giants but i mean i think uh i think that's a that's very possible i think i think it's very possible you're right there so mm-hmm. uh well guys that's all we got for you this episode we appreciate y'all tuning in uh this was the first episode in our uh year-end review uh we're going to be doing running backs next week we'll probably do top 36 top 40 running backs a little bit deeper position there and then uh we'll do wide receivers the week after that uh and then of course we'll do kickers no i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but uh but yeah so uh so that's uh that's the plan for the the rest of january uh, going into february um obviously we've already started our tape process and evaluating these rookies and uh, we will get started uh you know uh, in into february uh with with some of that analysis and, and talking thank about that. god they declared because man they left it till the end you didn't have to do that cj stroud or jordan addison or any of the rest of you yes yeah this class without cj stroud jordan addison quentin johnson and kendra miller uh would be significantly damaged so we are glad everybody came through at least everybody that really matters the one exception blake quorum where we were i mean this happened you know about yeah, a month ago that. but but uh but yeah that's the one prospect that i was really excited about that that didn't uh come out this year so and of course spencer Radler. <laughs> but uh yeah but no, that that's a joke but uh yeah anyways guys well we appreciate y'all be sure to like subscribe comment um you know let us know uh how your season went let us know you know what players you're in or out on next year uh any interaction we're, we're happy to talk to you guys about fantasy we're happy to talk about fantasy uh, with anybody so uh so thank you guys for tuning in um and yeah nate you got anything to close us out with uh no it's kind of nice to just watch football without being nervous about every catch and pass and potential stat impact so yeah enjoy playoff football for what it is and uh yeah then prepare for next year so we'll be with you all the way through 100 percent, guys well thank you for tuning in with that for nate this is josiah fantasy dogs out <laughs>